welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the penultimate episode of The Rings of Power, a Lord of the Rings tale. This is The Eye, written by Jason Cahill, directed by Charlotte Brandstrom. I gave this episode a very conflicting 8.6 out of 10. It wasn't the worst because they had a lot of the emotional impact that it should have in the situation as it's kind of our our protagonist so to speak at the lowest however there is enough hope that says we're gonna get through this and that they're they're down but they're not out a lot of blame to go around or a lot of guilt anyway however it is a little inconsistent in some of the the cases within the the characters themselves nori the actress is just a lovely crier but man did i need to see so many tears leaking from her eyeballs this episode i thought she was gonna just manifest into a sprinkler and the southland tale had some some highs in it but also has the very problematic low which is the fact that everybody should totally be eviscerated (laughs) i don't know there's a lot of uh a lot of what's the word story bending what's the what's the word when you are um shifting your realistic expectations they they ask a lot but i think they ask the most out of uh, the repercussions in the soft lands i am suffering from a bit of a cold bit of a sinus whatever not happy about it but this is where we're at and there's a lot of podcasts that need to be done so hopefully i sound better as time goes on I have been just downing cough syrup like it's my best friend. Not in the way that people apparently like drinking purple scissor. I really thought that was just a small thing and I watched this documentary about it. And I'm like, what the fuck? People really were like, yeah, you need to sip stuff that's clearly gonna kill you. What is wrong with people? But I digress. Let's jump into the the review. We're going to start with the Southlands. We'll move to the Harefoots and then we'll end with um, what was going on in Mount Doom or soon to be Mount Doom. Galadriel is only concerned with two people when she awakens, which is Halbrin and... Uh, did she say Aaron Deer? Because I'm not sure she did. I think it was Ellen Deal. Yeah. Theo stumbles to her side and she's like, well, you're the only person I could find breathing around here. So come with me, kid. Of course, we knew there was going to be some bullshit regarding the, the amount of people that survived and how they survived in this uh, pretty catamaran cataclysmic experience but alas we're here <coughs> bullshit Isildur that we saw was very clearly exposed with Beric who only has a scratch apparently 
is rescuing folks. Well, not folks. He's rescuing Valendil. Why would they have all of their names sound like that? Tolkien, I understand. You are trying to make a point, but man, you do not sell your shit at all. (laughs) It is not well marketed, even though there is clearly a fandom and it's large. Us, Us regular people coming into this world is pretty much giving you a lot of middle fingers for these names. Uh, he's pulled from the rubble with help from the queen who is leading other survivors away and Otanamo is that his name he's dead I'm not surprised motherfuckers Izzy's all traumatized and needs to be pulled away Valendale has absolutely no no injuries being stuck under you know that that heavy of an object that two people need to push him he, he ain't even got a cracked rib. Wheezing a little bit, a little bit of a limp. Nah, he, he good. He just, he bounces hops pretty much up. And the queen says, there's nothing you could do about your dead friend, but I need your help with uh, escorting the others. But good on Queen Muriel for doing her part. Far better than Galadriel. Isildur goes down in the building collapse as Muriel takes flames to the face my eyes! My eyes! I wish I mean I truly do wish that Isildur was dead but we all know that he's not and he's gonna have this own adventure tale and I'm disinterested in it even though I do like the actor it's unfortunate that Isildur is such a fuckboy because the actor is really great Theo wants to irrationally or irrationally kill orcs and Galadriel has to see herself in a 12 year old man child (laughs) who wonders why they did what they did and Galadriel says that they want to make the world dark so that this could be their home and last episode I scoffed at that possibility and talked about how I was going to massacre them all and that probably wasn't the best idea considering I'm supposed to be far far more on the moral on the moral side of things Uh, she realizes that things may have been her fault since they totally won but I think that that's not warranted I mean while it certainly is her fault in if a homeboy ends up being Sauron I feel like we're jumping ahead of things then yeah that's all your fault because yeah you pretty much just gave him the keys to to roll back and take a kingdom kingdom that they wanted anyway that now belongs to the orcs but they also showed up and saved the Southlanders from being murdered saved I mean this was going to happen regardless if anything that you did show up and save people and everyone's not not a genocide themselves but she all she sees is the impotent rage reflected back at her in this small little pint-sized adult not adult like he's wise adult and i seriously think he's like 25 years old 
somehow instead of being at the queen's side ellendale is ushering survivors to safety wanting to catch glimpses of his son when the queen herself announces herself well at least everyone around her announces her and although she was thought to be dead he's happy to see she's alive and offers his horse she looks like she's fine but you got valendale over there looking looking awfully sad face and it turns out she is blind but still manages to feel compassion for ellendale being told that his son is likely dead but we know his punk ass isn't galadriel decides to grow grow some wisdom all of a sudden wisdom but i guess uh volcanoes will do that to you by telling theo as they walk through the forest warning him that the orcs can now attack during the day even though they get through it pretty scot-free at least during the day um if there's a chance there are survivors that it's all not hopeless everyone you love isn't dead that suppositions that anxiety makes a hollow heart and that good or calling good evil things opens a soldier to darkness inside as they wage war on the outside basically don't become me but also here's a sword to become a soldier even though you ain't ready emotional damage queen muriel ellendale and valendale all address the elephant in the room which is the fact that she is blind and it's from it's harking back to the her father's words which is all you will find is darkness and i finally get some crack ship cookie crumbs when he asks if she does in fact see when she says when are we gonna get past the smoke and he's like it's been a it's been a mile and he puts his hand on top of hers and she immediately admits to the fact that she can only see grayness Uh, she begs ellendale to continue as not to alarm everyone i didn't want my crack ship like this and considering that they're probably on two ends of a different spectrum (laughs) uh this is gonna turn out to be even worse galadriel tells theo about finrod later on that night when she asks have you lost anyone in this war and surprisingly her husband celebron that i've been mentioning and thought she didn't meet yet but apparently they already booed up got married even fell in love when he saw her playing or dancing in a field he's like you dance that's not something i can imagine you would ever do she says he left for battle but was never found so there's an epic love story for season two which makes me feel that Halbrand must be Sauron because really what is uh the other point of this character other than he's the king of the Southlands but she calls him my friend like friend zoning him very quickly but it felt like last episode they were not friend zoning so I don't know what happened in the meantime but clearly two people wrote episodes with different direction Theo feels a lot of guilt because he thinks given the sword away is what caused all of this but she believes in intentions too because i said that i think that intentions matter even if people end up doing something that may have ended up in something worse down the line and that he cannot take the burden of today's events on his shoulders 
trusted the forces of this world that they have greater power and knowledge and wisdom something she really really learned herself the hard way i suppose and i feel like this is all before a reveal that hasn't revealed itself and thus it doesn't feel as connected like she could be having all these conversations later on like after she was bamboozled but not right now like i said i don't see what you did could possibly have i mean this was already going down but he says how is he supposed to forget and she says i do not know they both escaped detection from the orcs and you know the old the old elf the old galadriel would have just taken them all on in her irrational rage but she's got a baby to protect and thus she knows when the demure ellendale is regretting his life choices especially helping the elf talk about a roundabout opinion as he lets barrett go to find his master because valendale says he listens to no one uh am i supposed to be attached to this horse because i'm not attached to this horse theo and galadriel show up and she looks hella chastised before even being chastised they set up a pretty nice camp though theo finds his mother and reunites with her and erin dear it was nice to see that he actually sees him as a father figure like he knows what's going on between him and his mother and he doesn't resent it and considering you know he saved his life he cares about his mother i like that we don't have to go through angsty teen she's my mama don't make don't she can't be happy type of bullshit glad you're ass after muriel Rowan takes her to the queen who is now blindfolded and sitting on top you know the mountain in the wind Elendil tells her to forget about these people in this land even though a garrison is gonna stay behind and man he turned bitch ass real quick i understand you just lost your son so that's a thing but i also feel as if you know you're the captain of the sea guard you are used to i mean you understand warfare better than anyone else maybe he doesn't maybe i'm i'm making suppositions i don't know galadriel kneels sorry sorry i'm sorry sorry she start crying uh she knows that ellendale is pissed and he is not ready to forgive her anytime soon she humbles herself even though she says there is no kneeling in numenor she's like yeah but you're still the queen and the queen proves that she is rather a badass reaching out grabbing her face and not only grabbing it lifting it firmly and high to tell her not to waste any pity on her but to conserve it for their enemies because they have lit a fire in her ass that she intends to pay back and that Numenor pledges itself to this fight despite the loss and with Elendil over there crying ignoring her captain cries for his attention I can't think this will go over well at all back in Numenor plus now you got a reason for the daughter to now like dislike elves I don't you know I don't know what's gonna change but I don't 
I have a feeling Isildur coming back might do it, but eh, uh, I have a feeling that's not going to be anytime soon. And it, it's really sad for the king, uh, the queen, because this is one of her only allies. Or maybe he was crying because he felt that he was like ready to cast off his. This is me playing devil's advocate. Because he was crying for a whole ass minute. He was really ready to cast off his honor and like, fuck these people, fuck the elves, fuck everything that I believed before because my son is dead and now I'm shamed because my queen is clearly like, no, we would not be bent so easily. Uh, that could be it, but I'm not betting on that. The Southlanders are going to an old town that used to be populized by the Numenorians, with Galadriel having absolute faith in Muriel. And Aaron Deer itching for a fresh start in that new town with Browen between her legs. Owen Halbrand is alive and will accompany her to, to, to Elven City because he needs Elven medicine. And she needs to go face her king and her judgment. The two set off with the king being hailed. Bitch, if he is Sauron, as I stated, Galadriel's gonna be eating crow. Setting up the good Southlanders to follow this man and her blessing. She gave him everything he needed. Adar, we end in the Southlands, is held as Lord of the Southlands. But he seems like one of those weary leaders like i just wanted us to have a home he no longer wants to call these lands southlands as he tells wardrake who is all about him it is now called war mordor and wardrake seems like he would betray him for sauron so if halberd does show up i have a feeling he's totally going to fuck over adar the southlander story continue to be the weaker story weakest story especially emotionally tied it was great to see queen mirio and galadriel finally taking on the person we know her to be versus the very evil person she was turning into but man do i not care mostly about any of these people let's go to the harfoots they get to where they intend to winter but the earth has been scorched by volcano remnants something static knows is an indication of the rise of evil or geology static and now everyone else thinks the stranger can help their situation with this very ashen harvest that should not even be attempted to be picked up like why are you taking that clearly poisonous ain't gonna be able to be had for dinner apple off that tree nora has been keeping her distance since he healed himself and poppy tells them it's my rude to impose on the stranger when nori is called out to go implore him to do something about their current food shortage even more uh, then they already have been imposing on him because he you know he would he was uh he was busting that wagon the whole entire time static is like i don't have these manners so i'm gonna go ask him and then they all watch him talk to the trees 
but when one is almost injured they look at him like he's the devil or he's a problem uh sadik knows that some of the trees do talk back he also gives him the constellation and sends him on his way just as a flower blooms so if they was patient for all of five minutes his newfound family and friends don't have much to say uh but nori uh, does give him an apple for his journey and despite all his hard hauling remarks to her mother that she is only a hardfoot and should have left well enough alone marigold i need you to be a better mother you don't even try to encourage this child you're like yep you you right you right you should mind your business and uh you are just a hard foot and she'll even be like but there's no shame in that baby nothing just a tiny little pat the next day is a paradise of lush green and apples and the hairfoots are merry but no one thinks maybe we treated the stranger wrong except for nori that night the three creepies that have been following their trail find nori and the rest of the harfoots and when lager threatens one of them they just touch his stick take the embers from it and set all of their caravans on fire ain't nobody got time for that i think the camera stayed entirely considering how long this episode was i don't think we needed a whole 60 seconds of sadik's face looking devastated we understand because they talked about it clearly before that this is genocide feeling gloomy the next morning because you know their uh god people just skedaddled the the creepy people and they are left with nothing but ruins lager tells his daughter that it'll be fine to which marigold replies stop being unrealistic and filling her head with nonsense sadik wants a minute to mourn and he ain't even wrong for that like dude this is a big deal let 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 us mourn just a little bit step acting like it's you know it is cool that hey we're we're true to each other even though you clearly leave people behind so that's not accurate they was about to leave y'all asses behind so that's not accurate so you know you the last ones that should be even saying something like that because it's not true um and that that being true to each other isn't gonna feed me or anyone else and once hunger sets in i mean this is their way of, of traveling of surviving you know they made a big deal about these cards what are they going to do and then once hunger sets in in a proper way you're gonna kill your fellow harfoot in a minute or you're gonna die and most of you are gonna just you know allow the cannibalism nori decides to go help her friend in the middle of harefoot apocalypse because she thinks that warning him is the least she could do with malva admitting all of a sudden and out of nowhere that she was wrong and tells her husband to go with them shockingly marigold finally stepped up and says no i'm going with my daughter and the whole entire time i i could not help but think damn y'all look dirty i ain't see y'all touch water once every time there's uh that water goes down nori's cheek i'm like ah that's the that's the dirt being washed away <laughs> but away they go 
and I'm pretty sure someone's gonna die. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Lastly, let's talk about my favorite story arc. This one has my heart. I was very surprised that this was going to be that this is my favorite story arc. I would have thought everything going on with Numenor would have been up my sleeve. But man, this one, this one has me. Elendil puts forth his case to the king, offering in exchange for mining mithril five centuries worth of grain game and other good shit he assures the naysayers he never makes a promise he doesn't keep in their their tone proving that he isn't just passively somebody he is someone who's come alone and that he he is half elf which means he can see far more clearly than his other elf friends and pleads on bending knee for the king to help them when he did say he never breaks his promises i couldn't help but think about that time he slipped mithril to <laughs> i'm like you know eh, you're, you you know how to get around not breaking a promise I wasn't sure if this guy would give a convincing performance to the actor, but he showed up. He's really showed up. The king speaks with his son alone. And while he feels for his son's dilemma, he truly does. He is not swayed to risk dwarven lives, waking up things that shouldn't beneath the stone so that the elves may escape a fate. He considers was long ago decided and would have dire consequences for not only them, but for all of middle earth if they don't allow fate to do its thing and allow them to fade into obscurity but aren't the elves helping middle earth as well so what about the fate of middle earth without them especially with what's going on that you are completely unaware of Disa does not take the news well while blacksmithing no less i'm upset but Durin knows that this isn't just a domestic dispute between father and son or a matter of opinion but the will of the king and going behind his back and recruiting the other lords that were more open to the deal wouldn't set a good example for his children and thus she apologizes for calling his father names like fool since she hates when he gives her mother slack like about having lice in her beard even though He's like, that part is true. I'm fucking kidding. Please don't kill me. Why Elendil come into the room all hopeful? They gave him that super hopeful stance to show off how disappointed he's going to be two seconds later. You you did not need elf ears to hear all that yelling between father and son. Don't stone Echo. I didn't get no sleep because of y'all. Y'all not gonna get no sleep because of me. Despite putting his extinction at his doorstep, he relieves his friend of any wrongdoing knowing it is not farewell but go towards goodness even returning his mithril saying that there are no hard feelings but i gotta go tell the king however upon seeing that it truly does heal the blight when he tosses it across the table to where the blighted leaf was he recalls his friend back so that he and Elendil can mine the rock themselves and prove that it can be done safely. It turns out during a tremor break, 
that Ellendale is far more mighty than the contest proved. He was holding back so that he could give his friend time to have a talk with him as the two joke over his namesake who is named after his namesake and so on and so forth but Duran tells him they have true names only revealed to family ellendale tells not ellendale i've been saying the elron elron uh tells him to save it for a time that's gonna break my heart probably they find enough mithril to save the elves but the king is most displeased and bans elron from the dwarven keep who keeps a piece of mithril for himself in the wordiest manner possible embarking on when he was a child and invoking on memories of his mother the king tries to tell his son how he wants him to do and be better but his son pretty much tells him that abandoning your allies and being stuck in your ways is beneath the crown in which he wears and that he is always undermining his ambition despite wanting him to be great and that Elrond is pretty much like a blood brother to him and his father feels like he's betrayed his own kind by even making that correlation and disinherits him from the throne. I've just about had enough of you. I'm thinking they do get that mithril at some point so that tells me that Lisa's words her speech was true to her husband as he reflects on his failures to his brother she tells him that his father is the one to blame for being stubborn and suspicious and stuck in his ways but he is going to be king one day that is his destiny not his brothers and those mithril mines they belong to them and when the time comes they will be dug up to help his his elven brother however as the mountain is being sealed up or the vein is being sealed up we see one of those Bathara, whatever, those you shall not pass creatures from the Lord of the Rings. Down there, proving that his father is not is not wrong to be cautious. I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Cause I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened. If my memory serves me correctly with regarding lord of the rings i do know that that mount doom is pretty much sealed off and that it was uh like it went extinct or some shit right so (laughs) it seems that his promise to his elven brother is gonna cost his entire race but we shall see that is the conclusion of the penultimate episode i will be watching the finale tonight to give you my thoughts and opinions uh if you happen to get any feedback in between then and now <laughs> like your at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast which i do read those uh we will be starting a new show interview with a vampire after lord of the rings so if you want to send feedback for that as well Uh, Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.